Hey, it's Michael here. And today, or at least the release date of this episode, is January the 11th, 2022. Or in Canada, we say 11122, which I think is a great number combination. But beyond numbers, this is also about the day my new book, How to Begin, Start Doing Something That Matters, actually arrives in the world. Now, I know this is probably no surprise to you because I have been mentioning it once or twice on the podcast. Um, You might have heard some of the episodes where I brought on some of my mates and some of my friends, everything from Jesse, the co-founder of Page Two, to Jenny Blake, who we kind of co-wrote the book together, to my friend Mark. I read a chapter of the book and then we uh, chatted about it. So hopefully you know this book is out in the world and you've maybe even checked out howtobegin.com, the website where it's all happening. Um, And in any case, I just wanted to say thank you for your support, for buying the book, for gifting the book, for reviewing the book, whatever you've done to help that little book get out into the world. So I thought today I'd bring you a short but hard-hitting interview with the author. So in other words, welcome to Two Pages with MBS. This is the podcast where Michael interviews Michael about Michael's book. A little solipsistic, but whatever, stick with me. Um, So yeah, I'd probably start the interview by going, so Michael, thanks for being on the show today. Um, Why are you writing a book? Why have you written this book? And you know, that is actually a great question. People come to me all the time saying, I think I'm going to write a book. And I'm like, why would you do that? It's hard and it's miserable and most people probably won't ever hear it and they certainly won't buy it and even if they buy it, they might not even read it. Why would you do that? And then you get to the point where like, okay, so writing the book is pretty hard. Getting people to, to buy the book, to market the book, but that's even harder. <laughs> it's near impossible. So I have been thinking of maybe branching into TikTok and maybe doing a dance for each of the nine chapters of the book, but maybe not. Maybe I'll just avoid trying to appeal to the young people and just talk to people like you and me. But if I'm being serious, actually, um, as I look to 2022, I'm, I'm actually trying on for the first time this idea that I might be a writer. And I know that's going to be surprising for some people because, you know, I wrote my first book maybe 13 or 14 years ago now, and I've written seven or eight books, depending on how you count. Um, so some of you will go, well, Michael already is a writer. But I don't think of myself as a writer. I think of myself as somebody who has figured out ways of teaching and sharing ideas and putting stuff out into the world. And a book happens to be one of the ways that I'm best at doing that. And I do it in the service of business or in teaching or, or something else. But now, now I'm really thinking maybe in next year, I'm going to write more than one book, certainly one book, but maybe more than one book next year. So part of why I wrote this book is because I couldn't let the idea go (laughs) and I could see how it fit into a bigger plan that I hope, which is as part of mbs.works to help people be a force for change. And because this idea of being a writer and trying on that coat is becoming kind of appealing to me. Now, another question I might ask myself if I was being a tough interviewer is like, why are you writing about goals? Isn't that isn't that done? Hasn't that been done for 30 years? Um, <laughs> and you know, when I started writing this book, my first pass at it, the book wasn't about goals. It was about change. It was about how do we change our own behavior? Why is it so hard? And is there a way I can make it easier for people to understand some of the deeper rhythms, the deeper dynamics of the book? 
And at a certain point, I took the first draft of the book, which was like 70 or 80 pages, and showed it to a few people, one of whom was my friend Misha, who lives here in Toronto. And after three or four days, he wrote back to me and said, look, I'm 45 pages into your book. I have no idea what it's about. I'm quite confused. <laughs> What's going on? And I was like, oh, that is harsh, but fair. <laughs> so I, I picked my way through the rubble of this book and discovered that there were a few things that I thought were worth keeping. One of them was the line, we unlock our greatness by working on the hard things. And that appealed to me because I'm trying to help people, you, me, others, unlock our greatness, be the best version of ourselves. It's, it is kind of connected indirectly, perhaps, to this idea of what it takes to change, behavior change. And I want people to work on hard things because we, it's, the world is in trouble. We need people working on hard things. So that took me away from directly talking about behavior change to kind of indirectly talking about it. And then that was helped by me thinking about goal setting and realizing that most of what I knew I didn't love, whether that was smart goals, which I've never loved because it's, you know, it's all about how do you reduce the ambition in your goal and how do you tidy things up rather than what's the goal or even OKRs, which are a bit of a kind of Silicon Valley thing. And I'm not sure there's a whole lot put into the ambition and trying to identify the ambition. It's more about the, the tracking it and the measuring of it. So that's what pulled me back towards goals. And I'm not sure I call the book exactly a book about goal setting. It's a book about helping people reclaim their ambition for themselves and for the world. And that manifests in naming and claiming and finding and starting a worthy goal for yourself. So, the, you know, if you're an interviewer, the obvious question to ask at this stage is, okay, so if it's about ambition, what's your ambition? What's your ambition for this book? Another good question. <laughs> I have this knack of putting my thumb on the issues that I've been thinking about. Um, because I, I've actually spent the last month or two months, actually, a little bit wrapped around the axle, thinking about what this book launch is and what it could be and what it should be. And more uptight and more anxious about it than I would like to be. And also more uptight and anxious than I think I should be. Because I'm like, come on, Michael, you're 50 something years old. You should know better by now. Turns out I don't. <laughs> um, so I've had, I came across this story. I think it was originally, um, I might have come across it in Eckhart Tolle, or Eckhart Tolle, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. And it's a, a story about um, a guru, uh, Jita Krishnamurti. I'm probably saying that wrongly, but uh, Jita Krishnamurti. And uh, Tolle tells the story of Krishnamurti teaching to a crowd and then at a moment, he stops and he waits and he says, do you want to know my secret? And of course, everybody becomes quiet. Everybody leans forward because that's why they're sitting there. <laughs> of course, we want to know what the secret is. And he pauses again and then he says, this is my secret. I don't mind what happens. And that's fantastic. That is a pure expression of being fully committed to the process, being in the moment, doing the work and letting go of the outcome, which is actually one of the teachings in the book. I, I didn't know this story when I wrote the book. I wish I did because I'd probably squeeze it in somewhere. I don't mind what happens. So the challenge with how to begin is I kind of do mind what happens. You know, at this stage, tr truth be told, I'd love it to do well. I'd love it to maybe make a list. 
a, a remote hope but yeah, one a person can dream i'd love it to become a classic be really well known be loved in the way that the coaching habit um, has become a book that's exceeded my expectations but what i'm trying to sit with is like i don't mind what happened um because in, in some ways another thing for me to keep remembering is that i've already won with this book i've already won doesn't matter if not a single person buys it i've already won and that's because the last chapter of the book um which i wrote a lot of when i was in australia being with my parents as my dad um had a terminal illness and was dying the very last chapter is a an homage to him um just writing about how he's important is a per important person in my life how much he matters to me how much he's influenced me and been a role model for me and i was able to show him those last pages and have him read them with my mum with me there and you can imagine it was a emotional and wonderful and hard <laughs> hard moment um and uh, you know he died I, I flew out of australia he died a couple of weeks after i left but that moment felt like a uh, an absolute moment of completion and closure and love and appreciation um, with my dad, and uh, has made the the time since he died significantly easier, um, you know, more at peace with that, with what happened. So you know, in terms of what my ambition for the book is, I've already achieved that. I've already won, and even though there's one part of me that does mind what what happens most of me now doesn't mind what happens i'm interested to find out any last words michael says michael interviewing michael i don't think so uh just a thank you again to say thank you for the support um it does help word of mouth really does help it's like a podcast you know people saying read this book people saying listen to this podcast that's the way word spreads that's the way reputation slowly builds so if you're so inclined buying a copy of the book would be wonderful if you're so inclined giving it a review sharing it on social media mentioning it to a friend that's all wonderful but regardless you're awesome and you're doing great <laughs>